Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Neil, I am absolutely lost for words from what I just witnessed, man. I, all I can do is laugh. Unbelievable. Did Yeah. I, I it's laugh. just <laughs> I can't laugh. Born, I'm sorry, B. I cannot laugh. Watching a team up by twenty seven and you find a way to lose that game. I, I know that football and I know that it's football and you say, Hey, look, Jacksonville didn't play well in the first half, but let me tell you something. Any team that spots you twenty seven, you're not supposed to lose that you're not supposed to lose a football game. I'm just telling you. That's not supposed to happen. Not that way. No way. Um, everyone thought this game was over. I kept trying to tell people this is a long game. They were up 17-0, yet there was three quarters to play. Uh, Lorenzo, it's just, you know, this season had so much moving parts to it, and it ended with this masterpiece in the wrong way, and this was a historic collapse. And and we're going to have the entire offseason, Lorenzo, to talk about moves that this organization is going to make. Lorenzo, not just from a player perspective, low, low, maybe not even from a coach's perspective, maybe from a front office perspective. Um, what's going on in that locker room right now? I think you have a lot of men in that locker room that seem that, you know, you tasted victory and it was snatched from you by defeat. And it's tough because you had the emotional high that you went in the locker room. You say, guys, all we got to do is just, you know, Keep your foot on the pedal, and we got this. We're heading to Kansas City. And that's what you were seeing, and that's what you felt. And then, you know, you saw the way that Trevor Lawrence kept biting, kept fighting, kept battling, and he showed that he's an elite quarterback. With that type of, with that type of diversity and that, that, that type of, you know, you're not playing well and you have to go through this feeling of that you're the reason. And then when he came back and what he did, in the way in which he won the game, the mannerism and the poise and what you see, that's true leadership. That's true grit. Uh, kudos to Trevor Lawrence, what he was able to do. And no slap to, to, to Herbert because Herbert had a good game. Um, he had a very good game. This game wasn't lost by Herbert. This game was lost. You know, uh, defense let some big plays get, let opportunity get away. I just, I just can't believe this melt. Lo, we got, we got to talk about Herbert though, because, because here's the deal, right? I mean, Lo, this is a Charger. It's weird because this is a tale of two halves. This Chargers defense was phenomenal in the first half, and then in the second half they, they were unbelievably bad. But Lo, this is a Charger team that had they forced five turnovers. Lo, they forced five turnovers, and they didn't turn the ball over once, and they lost the game. But they, so, exactly. does that tell you? Lorenzo, well, Lorenzo it, it, I, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, but it, no, you're, you're absolutely right. But here's the deal: your first and goal on the eight in, in the goal, first and goal inside the ten yard line, and you come away with three points. That was critical. You you, you need to score. Then you have another, you know, that third down play, tight ends running out the middle of the field, balls tipped, goes up, it, it would have been a touchdown. You need to put this team away. 
and the Chargers didn't do it offensively. So everyone, this game was lost collectively. In my opinion, Borna, the game was lost collectively. Offense, defense, and coaching. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, Lo, I, I do want to talk about this this quarterback matchup because everyone's going to talk about Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Listen, it, it, it's tough to evaluate Herbert tonight because he made some awesome plays. And, and, and Lorenzo, here's what some people are going to say, right? Justin Herbert had had a chance to just get some first downs, and he didn't in that fourth quarter. Pick up some some first downs. What are you going to say to the people who are just going to argue that Justin Herbert isn't a winner? Justin Herbert isn't the guy who you know when 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 all hell is breaking loose, when everything is going bad, he just can't get this team a first down. Is there is there validity to that take? Was the were, were the chips meant for him to fail in this? Was it not his fault tonight? Like this is a very weird game, right? This one's gonna take a while to digest because you don't know where to put the blame on. Because Lorenzo, at first you want to say, "Oh my God, screw this defense, let's blame them." But they forced five turnovers. Asante Samuel Jr. played the game of his life. Game but then you look life. at Justin Herbert. You look at Justin Herbert, and you're like, he wasn't great today. But then you think about it, you're like. Jamari Saylor went out. They were playing their eight-string left tackle, who should be at playing golf right now. He was getting crushed right now, right? They don't right. have Mike Williams. Michael Bandy is sliding from his 15-yard line. So how right. much do you want to play? Right. It's just I, – low. I don't know. I don't know. It, I don't know either. I don't think anyone knows. But if you watch this team, Orna, and you watch the way that they lost this game, you have to start saying – Look what Herbert, what he did in the first half, scrambling the second half, making plays with his legs, picking up a third down in 14 or 15, scrambling, doing the things he needed to do. When Herbert got sacked, the pocket collapsed right in his right in his face. I mean, everyone, he's not Jesus. He can't turn water into wine. He is human. Those guys on the side get paid too. You saw at the end of the game, Herbert's trying to sit back there and throw the ball in the pocket. You don't have it enough. You don't have any protection, and it falls in his. He can't even. He can't even set his feet. He gets those seven steps to get ready to throw the ball, and the pocket's crashing, and he's trying to move at it away. So when people say blame Herbert, no, I, you can't blame Justin Herbert for this game. You have to look up front, offensive line, and still, in spite of having a bad offensive line, in spite of having all these backups, you should have won that football game because Jacksonville gave it to you on a platter. They gave you five picks, five turnovers, and you did not win the game. And you're up by 27 to nothing. Look, I can tell you this, Borna. It's don't don't. This is not a game that you try to point the finger at an individual. You look at the team and you point the finger at the team because they let this game get away. Lorenzo, I talked. My friends say, "Oh, that's so cool! You have a podcast with Lorenzo Neal. What is there anything cool that he's taught you?" They always want a cool answer. No, you know what I tell them? I say, "Lorenzo Neal has taught me." The key to winning in the NFL is running the football. Exactly. And, and you know what? We can point our fingers everywhere. The five turnovers, whatever. The Chargers ran the ball 23 times for 67 yards. They were running into a brick wall every single time. And Lorenzo Neal, I'm going to be honest with you. That's been the biggest story this whole season with the Chargers that nobody is going to talk about. Yeah, nobody. But, you, but you and that's I, we talked about it, though. You and I talked the, about it. So everybody... Whenever you're going to be complaining about the defense was bad in the second half, Justin Herbert isn't getting it done. It's all correlated to the ineffectiveness of running the football. Why does Justin Herbert have to throw the ball 50 times? When Lowe and I talked about the Rams game, when we talked about the Chargers offense so different, Herbert only threw the ball 24 times. Why, everybody? They ran the football effectively. 
Why is Kansas City winning 13 games every year? Because it doesn't matter if it's Jarek McKinnon. It doesn't matter if it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It doesn't matter if it's seventh-round pick Isaiah Pacheco. They're running the football. You take a look at these San Francisco 49ers. To hell with CMC before they acquired him. It was whoever it was on the Niners before years ago, Moster, Jeff Wilson Jr., whoever it was, they were running the football. Elijah Mitchell, they were running the football. And at the end of the day, if you can't run the football, none of these external factors matter. And day in and day out, the Chargers do not know how to run the football. And that is going to put a lot more pressure on Justin Herbert. You combine that with the fact that Mike Williams isn't playing, that Gerald Everett's hurt, that his entire offensive line is mismanaged and, quite frankly, misfortunes. You can't be an effective team regardless of the talent you have, Lowe. Regardless. I, I totally agree. I don't know if you – you cannot play – I always say this. I have this analogy. You can't play basketball on a consistent basis. and You can't play basketball on the grass on a consistent basis and win. Football's not a game that you play basketball. Football's not. You cannot play that, and that's what these teams do. They think they can throw the ball and pass the ball around, basketball on the field. You cannot do that in National Football League and win championships. You have to be able to run the ball and be able to do it with consistency. Look at the San Francisco 49ers today. You were playing a Seattle team. You were up by 13, and all of a sudden, Seattle, they ran the ball. Seattle ran the ball back in the game, and San Francisco turned into a dogfight until San Francisco said, we got to put our big boy pads on, and let's be physical. That's when the game started. If you look at Seattle, Seattle, in the first half, the quarterback only threw the ball like 10 times. That's it. But they ran the ball to San The Chargers. They cannot run the ball with consistency. You and I have been saying that, and that's why Justin Herbert is getting sacked because they know, other teams know, they can pin their ears back and they can unleash the dogs because they know that the Chargers running game is not a running game. The Chargers running game is just a, it's a play that you sprinkle in. It's not ran with the efficiency. That's what Staley should be focused on. This offseason is about how do we get physical, how do we be consistent, and yes, Eckler's a great back, a good back. But you need to go find either somebody that's going to be able to run the ball, somebody's going to get downhill, because I'm telling you, this team is not physical enough running the ball in December and January when the money is time. It's, you know, you hit it right on the head. And, 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 and the crazier thing is, People ask, and, and everybody, uh, this is boring that we're talking about running the football. You want us to scream about the defense being bad in the second half, but we're telling you the logistics of why they lost this game, and it all goes back to running the football. Somebody asked, Borna, Hogg, Lorenzo, how do they go up 27-0 or whatever it was, and they have forced five turnovers, and how did Jacksonville have time to get back in the game? Because the Chargers couldn't run the ball, so they had to continue to throw the ball. That leads to incompletions. It leads to the clock not being able to run. The San Francisco 49ers, they dominate time of possession. They run the football because they're able to effectively do it you're able to pick up first downs you know on the ground bleeding that clock rather than having to have your superstar quarterback bail you out on third down and he can only do that so much guys I want to ask you this we always compare Herbert to Mahomes and these other players and Mahomes is great and probably the best but talk to me when Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a running game it's a lot different when you're a quarterback talk to me when Josh Allen doesn't have a running game you're a lot different of a quarterback Right. Talk to me in those situations and then we can have that. Look at Travis Etienne tonight and what he did. And let's not discount Trevor Lawrence. He was fantastic tonight. But Chargers fans, Travis Etienne, 20 rushes, 109 yards. Wake me up when any Chargers back gets that. Right. Yeah. We haven't had that all year right. long. So what does that do to someone like Justin Herbert? He can just sit back in his long chair, and have a pina colada. If his running backs are having six yards per carry. I mean, no discredit to Brock Purdy, but what the run game does for Brock, he only needs to make two to three good throws a game. 
And, and usually those other throws, they are wide open in an oasis. And that's not knocking them, but it's more so knocking our system and Joel Lombardi and what's doing. And, Lo, I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to talk about this offseason. But Colin Coward, the great Colin Howard, just tweeted saying, Justin Herbert deserves a big-time offensive coach, maybe one with experience that's had success in playoff football, one that wouldn't blow a 27-0 lead, one that's respected and could build an elite staff. Anyone come to mind? We obviously know who he's referring to, and we obviously are going to have this discussion for years to come. But Lorenzo Neal, I know we don't want to get into specifics. Do you realistically see some big-time managerial front office shakeup with this organization this year? I, I, you know what? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, the Spanos have been good to me. You know, I, you know, and it's tough because you know Dean and the Spanos family and what they, how they are. I'm Absolutely. not sure. I'm not sure if they're going to, you know fire a coach and continue to pay a coach and bring in a, a guy that we know that was took a year off of football, Peyton, you know, Sean Peyton, bring him to the Chargers and pay $8 million. Just don't know if there's Chargers because I don't know if they're going to do that. You know, I, I like Staley, but you got to realize you talk about Sean Payton. Look at Drew Brees. I played with Drew in San Diego and Drew was a good quarterback. Drew went to, went to the Saints and he became a great quarterback. He became a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I think that's all you're getting that tweet that people are saying because they see the upside and the potential that Justin Herbert has. Justin Herbert, to me, is a, an elite quarterback. If Justin Herbert was on the San Francisco 49ers, they would walk through the Super Bowl this year. With the running game and the defense that the Niners have, you put Justin Herbert, now you're going to be able to still boot. He's faster. He can boot. He can move the pocket. But right now, when you look at the Chargers, Justin Herbert has to be great. For them to win with consistency, Justin Herbert has to carry this team, and he's done a great job of carrying Tonight, if you would have gave Justin Herbert time, if you put an offensive line that's going to not get him sacked and not get him hit in the second half, the way that the hits and the sacks that he took in the second half, they win that ball game, even though in spite of how bad they played, Justin Herbert didn't have any time, guys. And so I think that you have an elite quarterback. You need to make sure – that you don't waste this guy's career because Justin Herbert is the face for the next 10 to 15 years with the Chargers. What are you going to do with this guy? What is going to be the progression? What is going to be the learning curve? How are you going to make sure that you harness this Bingo. and make sure this guy is able to reach his full potential? Because, Lo, we're, we're, we're officially at the point now, and it's not on Herbert, but where it's like we're heading into year four. Like, we got to stop wasting this. You know, we, we got to stop wasting this because this kid is too special and he's 24 years of age. He's still very, very young. But, you know, Lorenzo, I think that's going to be a big question for, for the Spanos family. Is it, you know, what's going to happen with Tom Telesco before we even talk about Brandon Staley? You know, what's going to happen with Tom Telesco? You know, he's been, you know, we're not we're not here to talk about specific guys and their jobs, you know, but it. it, it, it it's the elephant in the room. It's going to be a big talking point this offseason. I mean, Tom Telesco has been with the Chargers. I know, Lo, you weren't with them when – I think it was AJ when you were with the Chargers. But yes. uh, Tom Telesco was with the Chargers. It's been over a decade now. And we, we've seen, I believe, two playoff wins, zero division titles. That's the truth, right? Yeah. And, and, that, and that's the truth. And, 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 you know, he's hit on some picks. He hasn't hit on some picks. A lot of people praise him on the Herbert pick. There was no other quarterbacks left. Two on Burrow went. They needed a quarterback. So we can say what we want about that. But at the end of the day, guys, here are the facts about Tom Telesco. He's won two playoff games in a decade. 
man, my voice was high pitched when Tom Telesco <laughs> took the job. Now I got a low burgeoning voice and we've won two playoff games. We've won no division titles. We haven't had a home playoff game since I was a little four, four little boy. So low at the end of the day, time flies, man. And, and, and you got to start making some very, very tough decisions because this is not just an anomaly. This is starting to become, and it is an MO. Well, you're right. And let me tell the Charger fans that out there, I, I love you guys. You know, I, you know, there's 41 in your program. Hopefully I was number one in your heart. And you know the way that I love to play the game. I was physical. You know what I was going to get. Get. You know what you're going to get at me every single Sunday because that's just who I was as a player. And and I want you to know this, Borna. And I say this with a great deal of the truth. And you know this, too. And I hope fans understand. If you want to win a Super Bowl, you usually try to win that thing on a rookie contract. You, Justin Herbert is good enough that you can win a Super Bowl on a rookie contract because here's the thing. Here's the thing, Barney. You got to realize, after his rookie contract's up, this guy's going to get over three hundred million dollars, and you know what that's gonna, and, and you know what's going to happen. What does that mean? That means that the Chargers are no longer going to be able to go out and get a bunch of players that are great because now you're going to have to pay your quarterback. So this window is going to close, and that's what people don't understand. You go look at teams that are winning. You go look at you look at when Mahomes on that rookie quarterback deal, they won the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden now, all of a sudden you see now a lot of guys, the cheetah, different guys have to leave that organization because it comes on that quarterback now because he's the face. So now you get ready to get get, get into those years now where Justin Herbert's going to get over three hundred million dollars, and you're not going to be able to keep all these players. You're not going to be able to be able to go out and bring in the, the high end free agents because you're going to have to invest in your quarterback. That's why this window's closing, and I hope they get it right soon. Yeah, you know, and people, people, there's still people in the chat. Low, we, we're we're very blessed. We have over 400 people watching live into this show right now, and it's really incredible. You guys are turning out, and in this therapy and vent session, we appreciate you all. And thanks, Lorenzo, for your time. And a lot of people discussing. You know, still people are are a little annoyed with Justin Herbert, guys. We already had this rant early on in the show. It goes back to the run game. It goes back to situational football. The guy can only do so much. There are quarterbacks in this league, guys. Go look at all-time statistics, please. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'll write an article on this. But go look at all-time statistics of quarterback play when a quarterback has to throw the ball over 40 times in a football game. Go look at all-time statistics in a football game when a quarterback has to throw over 50 times in a football game. You're talking 10 to 15% win percentage. Justin Herbert's an over 500 quarterback when he throws the ball over 50 times in a football game. That is basically a situation where there's a gun to his head and he has to find a way to get out right so it all goes back to what we discussed earlier in the show everybody i understand sometimes frustrations with herbert i understand that he's six six and he, ha- he throws the ball in the downward plane leading to too many batted balls i see those things those are some adjustments he does need to make i saw the wide open miss to keen now and on third down in the end zone we're going to talk about trevor lawrence's 300 misses tonight we're going to talk about the four picks we're going to talk about the two missed reads justin herbert didn't turn the ball over once tonight everybody he didn't turn the ball over once tonight You know, he managed the game. He played in the team's hands. He was not supposed to be crazy and make insane plays. The team was up 27, 30 points, but they can never establish the run and effectively bleed the clock. And the defense, listen, I'm not going to blame the defense, but unfortunately the defense just, they ran out of steam. They ran out of gas and and, and Trevor Lawrence. and, And let's give credit to head coach Doug Peterson too. He came out in the second half and he adjusted his scheme. Rather than trying to get big shots, make things develop, he had said, how do I get my young quarterback into a rhythm? I'm going to do a lot of bubbles. I'm going to do a lot of quick passes. And you got to give credit to good coaches. They make in-game adjustments. 
You know, Ty Lue, one of the great coaches in the NBA, became one because he was so good at halftime adjustments, right? You talk about these good coaches. Doug Peterson, he came out, the offensive mastermind, he completely changed his offensive blueprint, and it was completed to perfection. So Charger fans, at the end of the day, it's very tough to pinpoint this one too, but low, this one, players are, you know, I, I don't want to be in that locker room right now. Uh, what's going on in that locker room, Low? Are, are yeah. players are, are players acknowledging Coach Staley? What's in, what's going on in that locker room right well, now? Well, I, I tell you right now, a lot of players understand that they're free agents and a lot of people are over. A lot of guys on that team, maybe some guys on that team, you don't know if they're even coming back. You don't know what's going on. And you just kind of savor that moment. It's the moment where you walk in the locker room and it's sober, it's silent, and you guys go in, you say your, you know, the, the Our Father prayer, and everyone's in there, and you're looking around, and you're like, man, and it's not the crash that kills you. It's a sudden stop. The season's over. You have to realize you, this team earned the right to get in the playoffs. And they've been through a storm. And all of a sudden, you have an opportunity. And now you got out of your storm and you get blessed with 27 to nothing on the score. And you find a way to let a team backdoor you. It's unacceptable. This team, you know, there's guys going to be in that locker room. There's guys just looking at one another. And now they got to jump on a plane and fly three hours. And you go back to the locker room. You do the exit strategy. You do the exit physical. And it, you're just pissed. You're not in a good place. You understand that you should be playing next week. You understand that you're a team that could beat Kansas City. You understand that, man, how we got this. We played this hard. And how did we allow this to slip out of our hands, our fans, and everyone, the emotion that we did and what we did and how we couldn't finish? You this is that this is this is a this is a plane ride that I don't look forward to. Hell, I'm not even playing. And I'm watching the game, Borna, and just sitting here and saying, they're in trouble. Sitting here watching and saying, Okay, oh, we, you got knew, we knew it was slowly going away. You saw you felt it, right? You did. You did. And you just and it was nothing they could do once you saw Jacksonville start to dink the, the the Chargers trying to play zone. They said, Okay, this guy, they're playing some pretty good man to man coverage at times. So let's just get in the zone. And they start dinking the ball down. And the receivers started making plays. They were picking up the yak yards, the yards after contact. They were catching the ball in a little hole and turning around and picking up another five to fifteen yards. They started breaking tackles. Jacksonville just played it, and Jacksonville wanted it a little bit more, and Jacksonville started to feel it. They knew they were in a game. They knew that the Chargers let them back in the game, and they smelled blood in the water, and you saw the two-point conversion. Yeah. You say, okay, this is team. If you don't get this two-point conversion, now you're down by four, so you need a touchdown to win it. what they do? They freaking go for two, get the two, know a field goal was going to win the game, and then when they had to run the ball on that fourth and one, fourth and inches when they needed it, what they do? They ran up the ball, picked up 20, 30 yards, got an easy field goal range, and was able to ice and able to win the game. The Chargers got to get back to the drawing board. The coaching staff, whoever's going to be here, and it's got to be, it's very simple. It's just offseason. It's like, who are we? And we have to get more identity. We have to become more physical. And I know that's what Staley wants to be. I know. But you are not yeah. physical team. You are not a team. You're physical, but you're not physical running the ball. You're physical, but you can't get four yards in a close cloud of dust. You're physical, but you can't run the ball consistently. You try to, and that's what he, and that's his message. But the message that he's that he's preaching, and the guys are trying, but they're not executing it. So what does that tell you? Something is wrong, and you got to fix this problem. Whether it's bringing in the right running back, whether it's Whoa. bringing the right lineman, but this team has to find a way to run the ball with better consistency. Low. Here's what I don't understand, though. Please, 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 please help educate me. I don't understand when this team was trying to run the football. Why were they running the football to the left side every single time? 
Their fourth string left tackle was in the game. Salier went out. They had Foster Sorrell, undrafted free agent from Stanford, who was getting torched by an every single play. So why are you running the football behind him? Run the ball to the right side, at least, where you have Zion Johnson, who's going to run game, and Trey Pipkins. They didn't run the football to the right side one time this game. They kept running it to the left side. So that's what I didn't get. Listen, Staley didn't adjust in the second half, but at least he showed up with his best effort and his game plan. Joel Lombardi didn't call a good game. You know, I'm not, I'm not, there's no way to sugarcoat it. He ran the ball left every single time, and all the screens were criminal. I mean, it's weird that we ran the ball to the left side when there's an eight-string left tackle who can't even have one guy in pass protection. So so the decision-making, too, listen, obviously a lot of blame goes to players because that's the spotlight you're in, right? You make millions of dollars, you get the successes, and you get the failures. That's what comes with the territory. But a lot of it is coaches who put their players in positions to succeed and fail, and I thought the offense was put in a position to fail tonight. Yeah, and, and that's going to be a thing that, you know, that Staley is going to have to make some hard decisions he has a head coach because the buck starts with him. You have to realize when you're the head coach, you hire these coaches and your coaches, you want them to execute the play. You want them to execute the game plan and you're tr- entrusting that they will understand what you want. They're a byproduct of you. You think about an owner. The owner hires a GM. He says, hey, I'm the owner. I own this. Look, I don't. I own it. You yeah. go make sure that I'm look, I look good. So what do you do? You hire a GM. And the owner hires a gym. Once he hires a gym, the gym goes out and says, I'm going to get me the coach and the coach and I'm giving me a quarterback. And then the gym says, OK, I got your quarterback. I got the coach. And they said, you go find me the weapons. Yeah. And that's that's the chain of command in any job. The owner of Pepsi, the owner of Coke, it doesn't matter. Whoever owns it, they hire a good gym and then they give then they put something in one in management, whether it's the coach or whether whoever gym and they say, look, now you go get the right staff. You go, you go teach this staff customer service. There is a breakdown in what the charges are doing. Because yeah. guess what? You got the guy. You got the guy. That you do. Everything. Everybody in the NFL, every team, every single year, if he's available, what is usually the first pick taken off the board? It's a quarterback. If mm-hmm. you look at every team, they all want to build every single team who's the headliner the quarterback so this organization has that part so now what is going on why isn't it ever to permeate through the through the franchise where term to that it turns into wins yes you got in the playoffs but this is a game that you should have won yes you got in the playoffs this is a game that you're up by 27 and you're this right here this is going to hurt this whole offseason it's going to be painful because everywhere these players go and these coaches go, you were up by 27. How the hell you lost? One of the worst, one of the, one of the biggest up, uh, you know, comebacks. Collapses. In the history yeah. of the games. No, there's no, there's no way in if, ends, or buts, guys. We're, we're going to go for a few more minutes here, then we'll let you all go, guys. I know we got a ton of people in the chat. Make sure if you guys have any questions for Lorenzo and I, we'll, we'll leave these last five minutes for any of you fans. If you guys want to ask any questions, we'll, I, I'm sure you'd want Lo to answer them before me. So go ask your questions, guys, in the comment section below. And make sure you smash that like and subscribe button. Go check out the show on Believe in Charges as well, brought to you by Bet Online, guys. Make sure you check out the uh the show and please leave a question this is not the last you're going to see of us everybody this on honestly the, the storylines of this offseason are going to be pretty pretty juicy this is low well, this is going to be a juicy offseason it's man gonna it's going to be hot it's going to be hot brother it's going to be a juicy offseason it's going to be like the stories the big bowl in the whatever it's called you know yeah. your moms and grandmas they watch the stories as the world turn all that's all much they're going to be like man what storyline's going to happen because 
this team, man, it's been a story. Low, let's talk about Joey Bosa. Not not his best night. Uh, you know, I think Joey, he got a little rattled up here, and I think he let it affect his teammates at times. You know, the, he had two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, complaining, thinking he was getting held. But you just can't, you can't do that on the field, man. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna slam your helmet, talk to me. What are your thoughts on that before well, I say anything? Well, I, well, I, I think that I think the officials got that wrong. And now, now Joey Bosa's got to be a better, and he's got to walk up there. But he slammed the helmet off. It wasn't taunting. He didn't do it. Wasn't it wasn't like in the middle of the field. He was walking off the field. You have to real and, and it was. I, but at the same sense, you if you're an elite pass rusher and you're trying to help your team, you've been brought in to help your team, and he he's one of those guys that are that is a game changer. And the offensive tackle is jumping, and clearly the offensive tackle is getting off, and it's not right, and he should have been called for offsides, but they didn't. But Joey Bosa does. He's got to look at himself and says, hey, in spite of whether it was good, bad, or different, the official made the call. That's 15 yards, and that caused him to be able to make it easy to go for two. And so he caused – you know, there were some things that helped the head coach from Jacksonville made his decision easier because there was some self-inflicted wounds. Somebody asked, how much blame should Lombardi get on the year? I know we had a ton of injuries, but the offense was off all season. Lo, where, where, where do you stand on that? Well, I think I think Lombardi's got to do some soul-searching. I think he's got to look at the plan and look at what he did in Kansas City when you had a chance to win that game, and your guy taps his helmet, and you decide to still go to him after he taps his helmet to say that he wants to come out. Lombardi has to do has to do some searching and got to realize what is going on offensively. How am I scheming this? Am I doing a great job? How am I not scheming this thing with more consistency? So I think this staff is going to have to have those come to Jesus conversation. And Staley's going to start with Staley. How is he going to handle Lombardi? Does he want to keep Lombardi? Do you find another GM? Do you find another head coach? What is? I think the Chargers organization as a whole has a lot of grounds. I like Staley. I think that he wants to be physical. I think that he feels horrible about Mike Williams that, you know, I wish he would have took him out of the game. But I don't even, I can tell you this, even though they lost tonight, it wasn't because Mike Williams. This game was a each players, coaches, and everyone took turns um, to lose this game. This was a collective loss. You can't say because they didn't have Mike Evans. That's why they lost this game. You were up by 27. They you found the ball. a way to lose that game. They and, you the ball. and you can't run the ball with consistency. You can't run the ball. So the Chargers, I'm telling you, this will always be the problem if you guys have the best corner in the world. But if you can't run the ball and figure out a way to be better running the ball, you're not going to go anywhere. I'm telling y'all, guys, I, I'm going to annoy you guys to the ground. I, I, it's just running. It's all running the football. It's actually crazy. It's like a whole like light bulb that's what's in my head, man. I got the, the second-year quarterback pop. It, it's literally all oh. running the football. Guys, take a listen to this. All right, The Chargers became the first team in postseason history to be plus five in the turnover margin and lose. They were 17-0 all time with a plus five turnover margin or better. Wow. Wow. <laughs> They, that's the first team in NFL history. NFL plus history. Five in, wow. In the postseason. Wow. Uh, I told you, they, 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 they can't get, I told you, Born, they're not getting over this one. This whole offseason is going to be miserable for these guys. You can't turn, you cannot be plus five and lose a football game. And, and guys, and I'm going to tell you guys something right now. And Lo, you don't need to chime in this if you don't want to. This is the emotion coming out. Here's, here's the situation, everybody. I don't know what's going to happen to Brandon Staley. I guarantee you Joe Lombardi's not going to be returning to the Chargers. And I, everyone knows that. And I don't know I don't know what else is going to happen. I don't know if, if it's going to go higher than that. But we all know that there's going to be a new player caller yeah, with the Chargers next year. Plain and simple. 
Stephen A just tweeted, if Brand Staley allows these Chargers to lose 27 lead. Oh, he, he said this mid-game. There, guys, listen, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we can cry, we can, mo- we can moan, we can scream, but these are the facts, right? And there's going to be a lot of questions. And Rightfully so. J- J- Justin Herbert deserves better, uh, in my opinion. And so, so do you fans. This, you know, this was an this was embarrassing. This, this was embarrassing tonight. It, it, it's a, it's it's the true word that really comes to mind. Um, and, and Ram says Mike Williams is so crucial to this offense. You know, maybe Mike Williams, one of those red zone offenses, is a touchdown. But I'm not really, guys. I mean, it, you know, the, the the team has struggled in the red zone all year long. But Mike Williams is not running the football. Mike Williams isn't. You know, he, he's helping, but. Well, maybe Mike Williams in the in the lineup helps the Chargers win this game, but Lorenzo Neal, I don't know. It, it's very tough to pinpoint this one. Twenty-seven points. You scored three points in the second half. Not good enough. Let's be real. You, you just scored ten. Give me. You, you you can't just get three, and that's and and I'm telling you, Joe Lombardi. He, that's why I'm saying this offseason. He's got to look at himself in the mirror and like, man, how did how did we only score three points this second half? What happened? What did we do? What do I got to do? And Staley's got to do the same thing to say, as a coach, as a head coach, how can I let my team, we're up 27 to 7 at halftime, how can I let my team lose a three-score game? How, what, 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 what happened? Because I got, I got to be able to relate to these young men. I got to be able to connect with these men to make sure they're in tune with the game. You cannot let people get out of character. You, I can understand one touchdown, two touchdowns, but three, that's hard to do. Why has no one mentioned that Dicker missed field goals? That was a game changer, too. It was, but we're not going to talk about it because Cameron Dicker's been awesome for the Chargers all year long. He missed one kick, man. It was 23 or 25 in his rookie year. We're not going to talk about that. They shouldn't have been in the game where they had to rely on a Cameron Dicker field goal. Guys, this team was up 27 to zero. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. They had a muffed punt. But y'all, on all those situations, a lot of the times this team had to settle for 22-yard field goals, for 23-yard field goals. Because you can't run the ball. Defense knows you're passing. They're going to stop you. So guys, Chargers fans, an extremely disappointing night. Um, You know, if there's any silver lining, which there probably isn't to you, There will be changes, okay? There will be changes. Now, the magnitude of those changes are to be determined. And those changes aren't going to be made tonight. There's a lot of processing that needs to occur. I think Justin Herbert's pissed. Not at nobody except himself. That's the kind of person he is. And, Lo, you know more than me. He, He wants to be better. He wants to be the best. And... And we have the utmost faith that he will be. And, you know, when it comes to the Chargers and the coaching, as we said, there's going to be a lot of questions. A lot of players may be questioning. A lot of us have questioned the decision-making that has led to this moment. But it's not one person's fault specifically. It's everyone's fault. So, you know, Lo, we're, 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 we're going to be covering this team weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it is throughout the offseason. Um, it's going to be still a very interesting time. But, Lo, I mean, wh- wh- what do you tell Charger fans tonight? Well, I think this is the one that you, you know that 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 hurts, and it's going to take a while to get over it. And I don't think it's okay. And I think it's okay. I think it's okay that these fans are upset. I think it's okay when you're up by you know 27 points. It's the first time in NFL history in playoffs 
that you win a turnover about a five five turnovers and you lose a game first time in NFL history so why can't fans be disappointed they can be disappointed tonight morning because you know what they can be disappointed they can cheer as loud as they can they can support yeah. the team as much as they can but they still have no outcome of the game they still can't go out and make catches they still can't run the ball they still can't pass they still can't catch they can't do any of those things so all they can do is talk and all they can do is complain all they can do is be happy all they can do is be sad so let them enjoy and let them do let them handle the point the way that they want to handle because they can't have any and they cannot have any impact on the game because they're not coaches they're not players they're not part of the staff and yes that's why it's frustration that's why it's bitter that's why there's hostility but at the same sense these are charger fans and that's what fans do that's why you're a fan and you deserve and you have that right stay faithful because we still believe go bolts go bolts everybody guys again just just keep the faith we'll have you covered in the offseason everybody very very tough ending tonight again lots of questions to be had a lot of people reacting right now surely on emotion we're gonna have to go into logic shortly that's Lorenzo Neal, everybody. I'm born in Azari. Keep the faith. Bolt up. Cheers, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.